Before we continue, one of the ways we keep all of our content for you, the listener, free of charge is our amazing sponsors, and today, Anchor is one of those sponsors. If you haven't heard about Anchor, it's the easiest way to make a podcast. Let me explain. It's free, there's creation tools that allow you to record and edit your podcasts right from your phone or computer. Anchor is going to distribute your podcast for you so it can be heard on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and everywhere podcasts are listened to, and you can even make money from your podcast with no minimum listenership. It's everything you need to make a podcast in one place. Download the free Anchor app or go to anchor.fm to get started. Hey everybody, on this episode of the GH Report, it has been a ridiculous week of character behavior. We're going to break down a, a crazy workout instructor who decides the best way to poison somebody is by just dumping a, some poison in an open protein bucket to a, to a, a hired hand, uh, smack talking about a, a, a person to a serial killer. Boy, some weird behavior this week on GH. We're going to break it down next. <laughs> I'm Maria Menounos, and you're tuned in to AfterBuzz TV, the ESPN of TV talk. Now, AfterBuzz. Uh, uh, oh, it's the GH Report. If you slam Ava around, I come after you with a stubby hand. There we go. Oh, oh. Hey, everybody. Welcome to the GH Report, right here on AfterBuzz TV, breaking down all the craziness. And there was a lot of it this week here on AfterBuzz TV. I... I'm Frank Moran. And I'm Carla Renata. As always, folks, like us on Facebook. Give us those five stars on iTunes. Subscribe to the YouTube channel. While you're there, give it a thumbs up there. And hop in the chat because there's millions of people that would love to jump in and share their thoughts. And we want to make sure that you get a chance to do that as well. Yes, yes, yes. So Roll Call, Joe Costanzo, Jerry Jacks, DT Durr, Melody May. What's up, y'all? Thanks for joining the chat room of the GH Report. Yes, we're going to be talking about all the craziness here. We'll also do a little news and gossip at the end of the show. Uh, but before we dive into everything in detail, Carla, what did you think overall? <laughs> That's what I thought. No. All right. <laughs> um, I felt like there was a lot of time regurgitating and catching other characters in the show up about what happened at the wedding. <laughs> yes. Of of Nina and Valentine. I feel like there were there were a few little good scenes here and there puppered in, but not a lot. I just feel like I felt like a lot of time was wasted. I feel like a lot of screen time was just kind of like, you know, moving along in a certain type of way, but not really in a way where I was like, I would have liked to see that again. <laughs> <laughs> like I, I feel like yeah. there was all this build up to Martin Gray. And 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 the parole situation, and then it it was all this build up to that moment where he did absolutely nothing, and I was like, "What is happening?" That I love because then he comes in after <laughs> uh, after Nell doesn't get it. He comes in and goes, "You know, nobody gets it the first time they're up, so just keep working at it. Two years, we'll see you. We'll get you out then." I was just <laughs> like, "What?" The only thing this week that happened that I kind of was excited about was the fact that Lucas finally took off them rose-colored glasses and he sees that something unsavory is going down and that Brad might be um, behind it. But he, but what he thinks it is is not what it is. Like he's, think, he's trying to connect Brad with Michael, which is so odd and crazy and weird. Like the flowers coming, the anonymous flowers with no card, like that old crazy stuff. I'm like, boy, bye. And then, of course, we had that lovely ending to the week, so we'll talk about that in a minute. Oh, good. <laughs> it is uh, good times. Uh, yeah, the uh, <laughs> it was interesting to see Brad uh, get a little lippy there with Julian. I was 
like, he's getting a little scrappy. He was. Brad, Brad was getting a little scrappy and threatening people. I was like, he had, he. I'm like, he has got confidence. He's got newfound confidence that's going to get him punched in his throat. Yeah, where where was this Brad earlier? Instead of you know, where was that Brad when he was dealing with Nail on the side of the road? Where was that Brad? I mean, and it even happened uh, even earlier in the week where he's texting Julian like, Oh, what if Michael's there and she tells him? I'm like, oh, Julian. Oh, what about that dream, though? That I... <laughs> uh, I cannot... I cannot stand those because I know when that scene starts rolling out that it is not going to happen. It shows me the most exciting story possibility and then immediately takes it away. And I hate it when they do that because I know anytime they they get to the meat of a situation like that, mm-hmm. I know it's going to be a dream sequence because it would be the best the best possible decision the show can make is to make that reality and have it happen in that moment because they've dragged mm-hmm. these things out long enough. Well, because it's a soap opera. That's their job. Ugh. That's their job to drag stuff out. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda, you never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. But, but you know, yeah, but it, it's I get you know what I would rather never have a dream sequence, you know, because why give us the temp, the the hint that something's going down? Like, all right, things are finally going to happen. To like, oh, well, this particular okay. thing they've dragged it out long enough. I mean, I feel like they have dragged it out to the point where we know that Brad eventually is going to get get called out. We know eventually him and Lucas are going to be over. We know eventually that Michael's going to find out that Wiley is really Jonah. Like, we know all of that is going to go down. But I agree, sometimes the way they go about dragging it out for the for that final reveal that we all know as viewers is about to go down because I feel like there's the, the, they play things on GH with an with a TV audience like we're the fourth wall and they don't and we're like the Greek chorus like we know what's happening but they but they don't mm-hmm. is a lot of times the way it seems like the writing kind of goes down on that show which sometimes I enjoy it and sometimes I get annoyed by it so I have a love hate relationship in that respect. Uh, we'll start off this week talking about one of my one of the most ridiculous things that I saw is that people are starting to put together that Peter August is not uh, on the up and up about everything that's going on. And I'm like, why did it take? Like, did y'all like really? He gonna fall in love with Maxie and he's gonna completely change. I was remember a little while ago. I was complaining about them making him too boring. <laughs> Apparently, they heard what I said. Yeah, there you go. <laughs> so Peter August, we know him. I mean, we've got Heinrich Faison, but mm-hmm. under a, a pseudonym, he wrote that that novel. That uh, started kind of putting everybody on the trail. Like, oh, wait, this could be Faison's son that wrote mm-hmm, this. Mm-hmm. Uh, but he's also, he's established himself as a, at least if not a, a nationally known, an internationally known editor. Yes. Uh, and it's so much so that uh, Drew sought him out to take over uh, and be the editor-in-chief there for everything that was happening at, there, at uh, his company there. Mm-hmm. Uh, so... I do like so Peter August, an established person in the world, a, a successful person, a, per, a person of renown. Uh, but <laughs> every time somebody mentions like, "Hey, something might not be up with Peter August," everybody reacts like Maxie's boyfriend, 
It's it's never right, like it's like it's brand new news. Like that is a revelation. He been her boyfriend for a while. Like why are you sounding surprised by that? But it's the I only can't. way you can identify him is I can only I only know him as Maxie's boyfriend. Like they I forgot don't... that he was Faison's son. Like all of a sudden he's yeah. gone from being Faison's son to Maxie's boyfriend. I'm like get out of here with that yeah. madness. Or even just like a really well known Peter August. It's like <laughs> yeah I know I I know Peter August. I don't need to say Maxie's boyfriend. It's just it's just bananas. It's bananas. You know what else? I loved was the um was the whole the whole scene in the kitchen with Michael and Carly and Sonny where Kettle Kellen Colin Pot Carly's like you're not still seeing her are you I'm like really Carly like of all the people to to say that sentence on General Hospital to Michael you gonna be the one and then I love how how Sonny of all people was the voice of reason in that situation where he goes well you know she's only saying that because she's been that person like she knows how this is gonna turn out and I'm just like. Yeah, y'all are tripping. Well, I mean, I guess that's the topic because I think any mother wants to keep them away from somebody that's made the wrong decisions that they themselves have made. Right. So it's she's being completely hypocritical, of course. But, I mean, I also feel like that's the blind spot of being a parent. Well, I, I agree that there is a blind spot to being a parent. But what I do not agree with is the fact that it seems like anytime he dates somebody, she got a problem. Even when he was dating a girl that, that was there for two seconds, she had a problem with her, too. Like, at some point, you're going to have to not have a problem with who he's dating. Like, let him live his life. Yeah. there. I For some reason, much like Jason, I suppose, that she maintains, like, there's this ultimate perfect person in the world that has zero flaws that is a, 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 a appropriate for either Jason or for Michael. Or Morgan, if he was still around. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's like, Carly, that does not exist in the real world. People do have flaws. They make mistakes. And so do you. So yes. I'm going to need you not to be, like I said, pot kettle. Like, stop it. Speaking of Morgan, there was that was a nice scene with Sonny in the cemetery where he went to remember Morgan. And then Carly meets him there. And they have that whole conversation. And then there was also that really nice scene where Jack... I feel like something's about to pop off with Jax and Carly. Don't you feel like something's about to pop off with them? I feel like something's about to pop off with them because every time lately, like in the last, I'd say, 30 days or so, every time there's a scene with just the two of them by themselves, it seems to be these very heartfelt scenes. And I'm not sure if these scenes are drafted to show us the maturity level of these two characters having evolved and grown as people that are both flawed for different reasons or if this is a setup for something to happen, you know, with Jackson Carly. I mean, I think if for some reason Sonny became no longer in the picture, whether he, due to some kind of uh, mob-related thing, he was killed or he's taken off canvas for a while, mm-hmm. uh, I could easily see the two of them making their way back to each other. You don't see it now, though? I mean, because it's like that whole speech about him, her being a great mother, when the fact of the matter is... He didn't think she was a great mother before because that's why he snatched Jocelyn and had Jocelyn with him, growing up with him in Australia. So I'm just like, dude, really? Yeah, but I but I also think Carly, like, I think she's gotten to the point, especially how she was when she thought Sonny might be uh, flirting around with uh, the D.A., like, oh, I know how she is with women. You know, somebody's got a problem. They need fixing. Right, but now that she's on the other foot, because Sonny, every time he sees Jax talking to Carly, he feels some kind of way. Well, he's, but it's also because he just can't stand Jax. Well, there's that, too. I mean, it's a history <laughs> both with Carla, Carly and Brenda mixed in all of that. So I don't think... There's all that. <laughs> yeah, I I think there's a... I think there is a, definitely a... 
a, a, a love in that relationship between Carly and, and, and Jax. Mm-hmm. I don't. I, I at, at this moment with Sonny still in in the picture, mm-hmm. I can never see it changing at all like that. I would think if he were gone, I could see them maybe reevaluating at some point. I think I think they still. I think something might pop off just for a split second. I, I'm, fe- I'm feeling I'm feeling that lurking in the air, which brings. Speaking of Sunny, so then there's that whole situation with Sam getting arrested, and then Jason coming to save her, and then you know them wanting to book her, but then the evidence th- from Spinelli proves that they can't really arrest her, and then here comes this this federal agent who now says, well, no, we're going to, we're going to book her because now we're taking over the investigation. So part of me is like, is this real or is this somebody that was sent to pretend that they were a federal agent? Cause he homeboy never showed credentials. He just said, I'm a federal agent. So you just going to take his word for it. <laughs> you know what I mean? Well, I mean, it seems like they're just, as it was kind of sussed out by the end of the week is they're using her, Sam is a means of leverage to have her flip on Jason, which she would never do. But uh, no. that's the whole reason that they're taking it so hard on Sam. Which I have to say, this was the first time in all the years that, that Kelly Monaco has been playing Sam that I saw her as Sam really look concerned. Like, she looked like, uh-oh, I might not be getting... Like, she looked very vulnerable and very scared. And and all the time I've seen Kelly Monaco on that show, I've never seen her look vulnerable. I've never seen her look scared. I've seen her look concerned, you know, but not, like, straight up, like, vulnerability scared. Like, oh, this is not <laughs> going to be a good situation for me. You know what I mean? And then that scene with... Di- and I love that scene between Diane and Jason... Where Diane was like, "Look, this is not looking good for her, and this is why. And you not, you you are not helping." And I thought, but Diane was just straight, and I, you don't see her having. You see her having scenes with Sunny. You see her having scenes with Alexis. You hardly ever see her having a one-on-one with Jason. And so, you know, Sam left that room, and he was like, "Okay, I told her we gonna we gonna help her out. You better have a plan." And they have that whole conversation where nobody was, it wasn't a heightened conversation. Nobody was screaming and yelling and overacting or being overdramatic. It was just a nice, real conversation about what's about to go down and what she can and cannot do to alleviate the situation. I really liked that. I, I liked the part of it where, where Jason was just saying, uh, you are the best and I need you to be the best. To be your best. I yeah. Need, yeah. He says, you're the best and I need you to be your best for Sam. Yeah, I remember that. It, it, it was, it, this is going to, I've never seen this dynamic for Jason and Sam. You know, I've seen, we've oftentimes seen situations which happened recently, like with the Shiloh storyline, where she's been in some kind of peril, that kind of peril where he can get to her. He can't get to her in Pentonville. I mean, he could, but at what, at what price? Like, you know what I mean? Yeah. So he he put in him trying to save her in prison. He puts himself in danger. He puts the kids in danger. He puts Sonny's thing in. Da- like there's too many things that can go wrong in that that scenario. So I'm really interested to see how all of that's gonna gonna get played out. Well, it, I, what I do like about that is it does show you the the larger world where we see Sonny Jason on a regular basis, mm-hmm. and we. 
you know, you can't help by you know you, you become sympathetic towards those characters, but you realize the activities that they take part in, mm-hmm. you know, are against the law. Yeah, I and mean, so th- yeah. that there is a larger world out there that recognizes that and is saying this is an opportunity for us to take somebody off. That even though we are sympathetic towards Jason and Sam uh, and Sonny, uh, the way that the show has kind of made us feel that way, that no, 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 they're they're not. They're not above, above the law. They're yeah. not above the law. And so I think you're right. I think that was a really good point to make because even in our chat room here at the GH Report, many times when we've been talking about Sonny and Sam and Jason and, and their shenanigans, someone at some point always says, but they're not above the law. They're breaking the law. They always mention something about the law. And this is the one time where we see that playing out for real. Like, yeah, she's going to get arrested. She's going to go to jail. She had her hair up in a ponytail. <laughs> she had no makeup on. I was like, and even when she went to PCPD, when she went back those two times, she wasn't wearing her usual like black leather jacket, black shirt situation. She had on a skirt. She had on a blouse. I'm like, oh, they're trying something different. I could tell by the way they were dressing her that they were going to try something different with her, but I didn't realize that that's what it was going to be. Yeah, it's uh, yeah. Got to do that perp walk, man. You got to get her walking out. And let's just talk about the little baby that is playing Donna. How precious is that little baby? That baby was cute. That's yeah, fine. That was a cute baby. Stop I mean, it. No, babies aren't Stop cute it. looking. Baby, babies aren't cute. Stop it. Anyway, and then there was a whole situation with the whole Kim and Drew and Elizabeth situation. And I love that interaction between them outside the elevators where... <laughs> Where Elizabeth, not Elizabeth, but was it Elizabeth? Yeah. Yeah, Elizabeth throws up in Kim's face about when when Kim questions her motives about going through with this this situation. She's like, "This is how is this any different than what you did with Oscar? I was like, ooh, that was like below the belt, but it was true. True, but I also feel like Kim coming back and saying, yes, but then also realize how mad Oscar was about that. And how he did not like having that choice taken out of his hands. And how she had the opportunity, as mad as he was at her, how at some point they had the opportunity to make that right and forgive each other before he left this earth. Is she going to have that opportunity to make that right? We don't know. But it's also, I think, uh, you know, it's Elizabeth also should recognize, too. I think that she's trying to show that Elizabeth should recognize that. Whether you agree, this is Drew, this is Franco's body. I mean, currently... Drew, this body is inhabited by Drew's memories. Right. And so to make these choices for Drew, instead of letting him have the choice mm-hmm. to decide his own fate, it I can see where Kim is coming from on that. And for Elizabeth, I mean, it, this is a very far-fetched idea. I mean, and we're certainly, I mean, as soap operas, there's always a, a little step plus in terms of a, a situation. So, right. you know, memory mapping, not something that we currently have, and uh, that's something that we're dealing with here. But right. you kind of buy into the reality that they create for the show. So you have to, I feel like the show, as best they can, giving a ridiculous premise, has got you invested, at least to some extent, uh, <laughs> into both points of view. Both people have a, an equal thing. And so for Elizabeth to go to Kim and say, you to you to you not accepting that this is really Franco in, in here. Mm-hmm. It showed me just how far off the reservation you are. But I also feel like Kim could say the same thing about Elizabeth because right now there is no guarantee that Franco can be restored. Right, like they're just, they're throwing stuff up in each other's face. Somebody, um, Michael Michael B in the chat room brings up a good point. He says, "Look, bring a recast Drew of Drew, give him back his memories, and give Franco back his, and kill this whole storyline." <laughs> <laughs> 
Well, there's that. How much more would you be enjoying the storyline if Billy Miller were still on the show and it was still a presence? Do you think this would enhance the story? Do you think it would just be, eh, whatever? I wouldn't care. Okay. I don't think I would care. I think that, um, yeah, I don't think I would care if he was still on the show. No, I take it back. I take it back. If Billy Miller was still on the show as Drew, like a physical embodiment of Drew, I think for Franco, who thinks he's Drew, it would be a constant reminder every time he sees him that this is the body. Because remember, there was that one moment where that did happen, where they had that whole conversation, and you could see on Franco's face that he was feeling some kind of way. But then here comes Kim talking about, oh, Drew, I love you. And, you know, and then it's, I feel bad for him now because he's in this place where he's confused. He's confused between these memories that he has that he thinks are going to help have help him and Kim have a happily ever after and conflicted about, you know, not being able to share more with Monica and being conflicted about all the people that he's hurting, including Cameron. Like, I think Cameron is the one person that whenever he talks to either one of, either one of them, they actually listen to him because he has nothing... He, he, in the big scheme of things, he does have something to gain, but not as much as not as much as Elizabeth does. Like Elizabeth's is, is motive is straight up, I want my husband back. But Cameron's point of view is, this person saved my life. I just want the opportunity to tell him thank you because I was such a little shit to him before. Ooh. This is my opportunity to kind of correct my behavior and make things right and I think that's why it's so torturous for Cameron because he hasn't had that opportunity I think for Elizabeth her and Franco have said everything that they need to say to each other and for each other so I think if he doesn't end up coming back I don't think I think it'll be a big loss because they finally were trying to get that happily ever after but I don't think it would be a big loss for her in terms of having unresolved issues because they didn't have any unresolved issues when that all went down, which is why I think he went ahead and did what he did and took Cameron's place. That plus the fact that we didn't know how that whole transaction was going to affect a child. We knew how it would affect an adult, but we didn't know because even the doctor said, we don't know how this is going to affect somebody whose brain isn't fully formed yet, and he refused to do it for those reasons. So, you know, it, it's it's a lot going on and 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 the other thing that was interesting about that whole storyline is when um, when Drew has that conversation with Julian about Kim. And <laughs> I love Julian because Julian is very passive aggressive these days. He's like, yeah, you know, you lucky I didn't just punch you in your throat or knock you yeah. out or not. You know, he, he'll say stuff, but he'll say it kind of like out the side of his face. But um, I love that moment where Drew actually admitted that he regretted that he hurt Julian in the process of all this that that was not his intent that it's not his intent to hurt anybody and Julian's like you know you, you just be, you should be glad I just don't lay you flat out <laughs> you know but he said but but and you can tell that Julian still loves Kim and he still wants to be with Kim but he know he knows better than anybody that she has to resolve whatever this is if there's a possibility for them to move forward in any shape form or fashion and who wants to live in that ghost situation either like I don't want to live you know who who wants to do that? That's that, that's no fun. I you know because I, I I could see why. I mean, for Kim, this is a this is a time machine to go back to a point in her life where things were 
things were exciting for her. I mean, she she had met Drew. She was in love with Drew. Right. It was kind of pre-Oscar. Right. Uh, so I could see her, especially given you know the the loss of Oscar. She would. This is such a great thing. But I thought Jillian's points were valid. Where the Kim that you know, Kim is picking you up just from the last time she saw her. But for you, Kim has changed a lot from the last time you saw her. She's raised a child. She's lost right. a child. Uh, that was a good point that yeah. he made too. And then I, I also. Love the fact that he asked you to stop enabling her when he said all that. He was like, "Stop enabling her to to ingratiate a past that is not going to have a future." Like that was the, the greatest conversation I thought. The way that that whole kind of conversation went down. Again, nobody was yelling and screaming. There was none of that. It was just two people having a very quiet conversation, trying to make their points. Mm-hmm. You know, I I I enjoyed that and. um and I still like that there was, like, even Julian where he says, like, oh, no, we're done. Kim and I are done. But mm. still, I, I'm going to look out for her mm. and give you just a, a just a bit of advice. And and then there was this, which I just have to make fun of because I can. Why on soap operas or in real life, whenever somebody has a baby, why for Halloween do they always want to dress them up as a pumpkin? I'm just saying. Like, why are you? Why do you want to show your child that picture when they get older of them in a pumpkin? I just, I was like, really? Why do we always want to dress up babies as pumpkins? You know, I feel like it's because it's an easy costume. Because <laughs> the pumpkin's big. You got plenty of space in there. You don't have to worry about trying to get, get a form-fitting costume onto a baby. You just drop them right into this big old thing. You're like, great. That's good. They just learn to lie there anyway. Perfect. Oh Drop that little, 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 little stock beanie on top of their head and send them. You're like, all okay, right. I just, I had to just put that out there to lighten it up for a minute. But then now we're gonna go back to Nina and Valentine and that whole conversation with Nina and Maxie, where she's like, "You're not gonna," and you know they have a nice comment. It was a lot of nice conversations this week, and they had the whole conversation where Maxie's like, "Well, you know, you're not gonna believe him again, are you?" Because they have that whole conversation about Sasha, <laughs> and she has that look on her face like. Mm, I don't know. And then what do they do? They walk into Kelly's. I'm like, girl, have you not learned your lesson? She's going to end up in the funny farm. That's what's going to happen to her. She's going to end up having a nervous breakdown. Because when she finds out, the fact that he lied yet again, he lied again. Again. And really, girl? There is a part of me, given Nina's reaction to his Valentine was laying this out and omitting his part and everything, that... Nina had an expression on her face <laughs> that made her think like, all right, I'm not buying this, but I'm going to pretend I do to get my revenge on him. So Ooh. there's part of me. She had a look on her face for a moment. get back at him? Oh, she got that Liesl thing happening. Uh, mm. I, I don't know, but I'm hoping that's the case. You know what? And that's that a good point. That she's not just being a dummy and falling for his thing again. Because if she is, I'm going to go, I'm have to go to Prospect Studios and punch on her throat. Like, for real, I'm going to need you not to do that. Because all this is going to be again. We're going to have the same beat again. I'm like, that, I can't do that. I can't go through that again. So that's actually a good point. I didn't, I didn't peep that. I didn't catch that. I didn't catch it until you actually reminded me of it. So thank you for that. Um, but then I hated to see Liesl leave. That's my girl. Well, I don't think she's leaving now because as Valentine calls her back and says, oh, yeah, she bought the story, so we're all good. I don't know. I don't think Liesl going gonna to stay around for the, fall, for the fallout from that. Eh. I think she's going to bounce. <laughs> it's, it is an, it, it, I mean, they're really getting into the minutia of this storyline here mm. where it is uh, now, you know, we got to get down to the fine details to fully it, 
fully implicate Valentine's part in this. Because mm-hmm. Valentine is, is pulling in like, oh, there's no proof. I, I'm not involved with this. And I, Valentine, much like Ava, deny, 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 deny. Oh, uh, everything. And, and speaking of Ava, why does she keep going back to Why does she keep going back to visit Ryan? Like, like stump, oh my man. god, it's like, girl, what are you doing? His stump. But who, His stump. who do you think he gave that letter to? D- delivered to Ava personally. Oh, just a prison guard. But why does a camera have him lurking like he gonna kill her or something? Oh, of course, because he's a creep, man. He's a creep. Uh, you think the prison guard's gonna rape her or something? No, prison guard's not gonna do anything. Pre- the prison guard's just gonna, you know, put that. Yeah, I think it's the only prison guard up. we've seen is that woman, and I'm like, well, she wouldn't be skulking and lurking around like that. No, I don't know who's. I mean, it could be Nicholas. Could could be skulking around, possibly. But but they're skulking around watching Ava. Well, I mean Ava, but then also Laura happened to be in that shot too as well. So, mm-hmm. but yo, know, but then there was that other shot where she was standing up against the wall, and Laura wasn't in that uh, shot. True, and they was and the camera was still kind of shaking, skulking. I'm like, I'm gonna need y'all to figure that out. You know, the thing that's gonna bum me out though is I feel like the show has set up such high expectations and hopes that it's gonna be Nicholas coming back to the show. That the show's done it so much that they're going to cut us all off at the knees, and it's going to be something we're not expecting, and it's going to be way less satisfying. That is my prediction. Whoever this person really is, it's not going to be Nicholas, and it's going to be way less satisfying of a reveal. Oh, let me flip back for one second to Andre and Peter's conversation, which I thought was very interesting. When Peter was asking Andre all these questions about the whole memory thing, and and then it was finally revealed through Andre that. Yes, if it did succeed, there's no guarantee that whose memories are going to come to the forefront, whether it's going to be Franco's memories or Drew's memories. Like, we just don't know whose memories. Or it could be a combination of both. Or he could come out as a combination of both of them, which would be a hot buttered mess. <laughs> that would just be like, oh, my God, really? Is that what we're doing right now? I can't. Yeah, it was. I, I felt Peter was more successful in trying to extract Information through what was presumably a casual conversation mm-hmm. when he was talking with Finn. When it was with Andre, it did very much seem like I'm pretty much just interrogating you <laughs> for everything you know. Yeah, uh, you know. But I'll say it. Oh, you know, just a guys for because I'm a uh, you know I work for a newspaper, so you know, just my. My it's just my journalistic and yes. I'm like, get out of here with that. Let's talk about <laughs> home, let's talk about homegirl and this protein powder. She's didn't I tell you I knew something wasn't right with her when she showed up on the scene. She was way too nice. Oh, I mean, I, I, I've I've figured out like the idea that she was you know whatever his name whatever the dum dum's kid's name is, <laughs> like that, that he was related to her somehow, uh, or she was related to him. She I knew something was wrong with her. But what is this stuff that she's dumping in this canister? Is it like cyanide or something? So, all right. <laughs> And why is she doing that out in public at the cemetery where anybody could walk in on you seeing it in a brown envelope? I'm like, girl, please. The thing that bothered me about that is that if you buy protein powder from any place, <laughs> when you open up the lid, you take it off, there's that little safety seal right. on top of it. Right. And you got to peel that off and get right. into your protein powder. Right. So if I were Alexis and I was given this thing by my trainer, I open it up and there's no safety seal, I was like, oh, what's going on? Hold on. I got, the, I got the excuse for that. So she'd be like, oh, I that one wasn't half full, so I opened it to fill it up with some powder from another one. 
I'm right. just saying. Yeah. I'm just saying it's a possibility. That I'm not saying that that's like a foolproof excuse. I'm just saying it's a possibility. So I, for right there, I'm just like, <laughs> come on. I'm not buying this at all. And I wouldn't take that from somebody giving me that. And I like that. It's just she just pours it and then just puts the lid back on. And so there's just powder and then this other color powder just sitting on top of it. Like, mix it in if you're going to do it. Give it a shake or something. And this is what I also love, too. When they left Sam, when they finally get Sam to, to Pentonville and they lock her up, that guard says, when they have that exchange, and Sam asked her, why, who did she ask? Oh, she asked um, who... What happened with Ryan's? Who, where her cellmate was? Who, who's her cellmate? And where's her cellmate? And she, and she says something. But at the end of it, she says, "I don't know." But there's always a dawn to a new day, or something along yeah. those lines. I'm like, is she dawn a day too? Or she's just quoting something that that uh, that prisoner says all the time. So it could be. Somebody, is it Nell? Well, because Nell and Harmony are roommates or cellmates, I should say. So I don't know who this other person is. Great, can't wait to find out. I'm, I'm I'm very intrigued to find out who this other person is. Well, likes to take out an eyeball. That's true. <laughs> I it's, cannot wait. Cannot wait. But I also feel like the the Alexa storyline. It's like do it has been nine years since this kid got ran over by Alexis. Do we like nine years later? Do I do we even care? Did we care when Nell came back having a grudge against Carly over the heart situation, the transplant situation? I mean, you know, and look what Nell's storyline turned out to be. So, yeah, I mean, we may great. not care right now, but they may make us care in a week or so. And it's going to be Alexis falling, falling ill, and then Finn's going to have to come in and diagnose it. And then there's a whole thing with Finn finally. There's a whole conversation where he keeps talking about Honey Bun walking down, walking down the the hallway, talking about, you know, I know she's lying to me. Why don't you just point blank ask her? You think she's yes. You know what I mean? Just ask her. Are you lying? No, he's not going to ask her. And then what does he do? He calls Anna. I need you to come back right away. I hate to ask you this, but I, I really need for you to come back. Like, that's really going to make her come back. Not. You don't think so? Um, No. If you're involved with somebody and they, like, that's, to the point where well, you're engaged. But we're talking about me. We ain't talking about me. We're talking about Anna Devane. Anna Devane ain't going to drop what she's doing just because Finn is having an insecure moment. Child, no. Get out of here with that. But, but, but I feel like... She's been gone long enough that if Finn at this point is calling it out, like he's like, I need you back here. It's not like he's saying every week, "Come, are you coming well, back? Are you coming back?" Well, he's calling her every week, and he doesn't. In the past, he didn't straight out say it, but you kind of surmise from those phone calls that he was like, he'd probably be real happy if she showed up like next week. He would never <laughs> say it, but this time he like verbally was like, "I'm gonna need you to come back," and I'm like. Ugh. Well, true, but then when you, re- I, I, w- I would feel like I'm going to respect him that if he's going to tell me that, he means it. He's not going to say it just because he's lonely, but that there is some legitimate reason he needs to be back. So if he's making that call, I've, I've got to listen and I've got to go back. I don't know. So, but, but, so for you, Carla, you try to pass on this. If somebody reached out to you and said, Carla, I'm going to need you to come back home. I need you. Would, it would you? It would depend on who it was. If it was my mom, no question. Your fiance. It would depend on where we are in the relationship. <laughs> you're, you're engaged at this point. We might have had a fight. <laughs> so it might be like uh-uh. there might have been a disagreement. <laughs> you're like, no, 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 I don't. I'm not coming back. <laughs> there might have been there might have been some shenanigans. I don't know. It depends on where we are in the. I don't know. All right, I'm gonna have to take a hard pause for the cause on that one. <laughs> but speaking of which. 
So I kind of really loved when Curtis was talking to um, Lucas and trying to encourage him to go through therapy. And he he went through he went mentally back to that whole time where it was him and Stella and Jordan and to the point where the therapy helped him so much that he said Jordan accuses him of being an oversharer, yeah. which which made me laugh out loud because I could the funny thing and the reason it made me laugh out loud is that the actress that's playing Jordan I could totally like in an unrelated scene that hasn't even happened that will never happen I could totally see her saying to Curtis's character you are you are oversharing you're doing too much stop it yeah. like I could totally so when she, he said that I laughed out loud that was so funny to me that was an unexpected pairing and at first I was like I why are they it, having to just happen this up but being able to have Curtis's way in is to be able to relate to his experiences through group therapy uh, I was like alright yeah that makes sense that's, yeah. that's, that's, that, that is a nice touchstone between those two characters and speaking of the therapy situation I love how after Brad then got all scrappy and tried to threaten Julian that Julian told him yeah you need to shut that therapy situation down with Neil like, what are you doing? Like, what is wrong with you? Which, that was a really dumb move on his part. Like, it was that was so incredibly stupid. Like, I can't even begin to find the multitude of adjectives to describe what a bozo move that was on his part. What was he thinking? Yeah, I mean, that's that's a fine line because, I, you know, I agree. It's tough to, how can, how can you not expect the therapist to kind of start sussing out that you are not being on the up and up about everything that you're saying in these in these in these therapy sessions. And Neil is one of those therapists. Like he he can spot a lie a mile away. Like he yeah. he, he, he be on it. He be like. Rah, 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 rah. But wait, let me and let me. Speaking of of Brad and all that, let me just flip back to the parole hearing for a minute. Nell just knew. She just knew she was gonna be out of jail that night. She just, she was packing her bags. She was ready to go. And then the parole board was like, yeah, we cannot approve your parole at this time. And she was like. <gasps> but see that, like, every time that Martin Gray first came on and he's like, hey, yeah, I'm going to take this case pro bono and we're going to get you out of here. At no point did he ever let Nell know, like, yeah, you know, usually people don't get out in the first but time. Don't you think he has something to do with her not getting out? Like him or Chase? Well, Chase I could buy because, I mean, they all write compelling evidence about why this person shouldn't be released. Right. But I think Martin Gray has something to do with it, too. Because the and I'm t- I told you, he's another one. I was suspicious of him when he came on the scene, too. I feel like his motives are not being laid out, you know, on the table full, you know, full disclosure. I feel and I in f- the fact that he came to part Charles and made a beeline straight for now. That was like, mm. and it was something, there's something smarmy about him. I don't know what it is. I don't know why, but there's something about him. And I feel like there's a connection between him and Nell that she doesn't know anything about. And I, and I would put money on it that it has something to do with that prison or something that she did to somebody in the past. And he's going to stop her from getting out. Just like, I'm going to be really interested to see what he does when they finally start uh, showing the trial for, um, for Drew with Kim and Scotty and all that. Like, that's going to be a really interesting situation when it goes down. Well, I mean, I could see what you're saying for that because he does say, like, hey, uh, you didn't get out this time, but you, you know, you still keep doing the good that you're doing for two years. And, you know, maybe we get new people on, on the parole hearing. Maybe we get the same people, but they can see your growth. So 
I, you know, I, I could buy into that because it sets a two-year window where now he can be in Port Charles mm-hmm. and nobody's going to raise a fuss about why he's there. Mm-hmm. So that could be a legitimate reason. I'm, I'm just I'm just throwing, I'm yeah. just spitballing, throwing stuff out there. And then let me flip back even further and talk, let's talk about that lawyer that was representing Bryce before he met his demise. <laughs> I kind of liked her. She was kind of scrappy. I mean, it was an interesting plan where it's like, oh, yeah, they say, I mean, she meets with Peter August and he gives her everything that he needs Bryce to say. And so then they can have, oh, yeah, thanks for calling me. Mm -hmm. And then here's everything I'm going to do now privately. And this is exactly what you need to say. (laughs) Uh, Bryce, though, let's talk about Bryce for one hot second. This dumb dumb. He can't do anything he's hired for. He blows, he botches everything. I mean, supposedly, you know, whether whether he had any involvement in Drew's plane, we still don't know yet for sure. Mm-hmm. But he blew it with Andre. Uh, you know, he it, blew it with Jason. He blew it with Jason. Uh, you know, he, he blew be, it with Peter. He blew it with Shiloh. <laughs> he got caught by the cops after that to be brought in. And then he goes, <laughs> what I find it so crazy that they, that uh, Pentonville would put him in with somebody that we know is a, a serial, serial killer. killer. Somebody in the chat room, I can't remember who it was. I'd have to scroll back and see. They said they should put they should put him put Ryan in a, a cell with somebody that's gay. Like he's a serial killer. Yeah. What the hell? I, I don't understand why they're like this is a good idea for us to put somebody in with a serial killer. But why then, is he even Ava was like why was somebody in a cell with Ryan? Because they when it came out that Ryan had killed mm-hmm. killed Bryce Ava, Ava was hilarious. She was. She didn't even flinch. She's like, of course he did. Of course he killed him. She's like, why are you not surprised by that? Why was he in the cell with him in the first place? I'm like, oh man. I but, just and I'm interested to see how all of that's going to play out. Like, are they going to make her leave Port Charles, or is something stupid going to happen with her and Ryan? Uh, yeah, I don't want curious. her to leave. I really don't want her to leave Port Charles. I love her on there so much. Yeah. Uh, to go back to Bryce for one second, I do like that he goes into a cell. He may not know that Ryan's a serial killer. He may, he, he may you know, because he's, you know, working so hard, you know, <laughs> failing at his murderer attempts, that he can't keep up to date with the, the local news that Ryan Chamberlain's been caught and is incarcerated at Pentonville. For but, murder. But still, would you go into, you, you know, they've done something bad to be in Pentonville. You would not walk into the room and start, you know, laying down the heavy, like it was so heavy-handed, the talk that he was giving, like, oh, look at that lady. It Maybe I'm crazy. getting, you know, I'm getting, and spilling his own life, like, you know, I'm about to get released. So, you know. Uh. But then Chase did the same thing. And, and right, how about when Ryan was trying to reach for him with his little bloody hand, that, the one bloody hand he got? Why? <laughs> he, I mean, that was the stump. He was reaching for him with the stump. So it's like, what were you expecting to do, Ryan? You were reaching for him with a stump. I was like, that's just pure comedy. But I also, I mean, clearly Ryan has incredible strength because <laughs> he was able to attack Reach. the guy and throw him on top right. of the top bunk. And hang him upside down. Yeah. <laughs> And, and go to town on this guy. Uh, so I, I, I forgot about that because the arm is hanging up. I totally forgot about that. That's funny. So you know, I, I mean, it works out like Jason gets the information he needs, and then conveniently, the person that could free, you know, clear Sam, you know, gets killed. So the storyline can continue. Right. Hooray! Great on this. Uh, <laughs> so yeah, I oh, I don't know how much longer this one's going to last, but. I guess it all depends on who Sam's cellmate is. If that is anybody of interest, maybe it could be interesting, but I don't know. 
Hmm. Uh, I well, the one thing that I am curious, and I, I'm liking that the way they're setting you. this up. <laughs> they're like LOL, Frank. <laughs> uh, is the Valentine Michael? Uh, oh yeah, that's going to be interesting because you know Michael. You don't want to play with Michael. You don't want to play with Valentine either. No, but I, I, I this is somebody that Valentine can't easily dispose of. Because Michael's got so Sonny, resources Sonny and Sonny's right butt. there. Yes, Sonny will be on him like white on rice. So I am very interested, I, and I'm I'm excited to have Michael have some storyline that doesn't revolve around him. A girl. Yes, thank I mean, you. And it does in a sort, but it also is just putting him in direct confrontation with Valentine about this. Well, so, he, but I love Michael. Michael got right up in his face. He was right up in his grill, going, "If you do," I was like, "Well, okay, Michael." Yeah, I mean, and I like because he's I, scrappy. Valentine will never admit to anything. No. But he knows that Michael knows exactly all the details. Because Sasha told him. But they'll, yeah. they'll get rid of Sasha before they get rid of him. It would be a shame to lose Sasha. Um, do you put yourself in the, in the role of Nina? Mm-hmm. They bring her in and saying, hey, will you drop the criminal charges against Sasha? Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. then if you want, you can just, you know, any of the misdemeanors, you can take her and deal with that in court. Mm-hmm. As of right now, Nina is not Nina's about that. Nina's having none of it. Could you... Could you let go, or would you be too? Would you be seeking revenge too much that you would be just like Nina? It would take me a minute. It would take me a minute to come to grips with that because that's hurtful. That's hurtful for somebody to pretend to be related to you, and then you find out that they're not, and you've you've embraced them. You know, that's a lot. I, it would take me a minute. Not that I would be holding a grudge. It would just take me a minute to be able to sort out my feelings on the subject without interference or distraction. From the person that that is behind it. Yeah, I mean, and the the trouble is Sasha's lie that she was <laughs> she did it with the lawyer is convincing and believable enough that for her to then now say you know really Valentine if she were to reveal that Valentine's really behind this mm-hmm. it's also going to be a question of what sort of proof do you have to even do this mm-hmm. at this point or are you now just acting hurtful and you want to hurt someone else that I love just out of spite? Mm, I don't know. That's a good question. I don't know. I don't. I think that that theory that you had early on about her sidling up to him to kind of just take him down because she's had enough—that's actually a really good point. But at what price is she going to do that? Like, at, to what degree will she go to try to take him down? Will she side with Laura? Will she side with Curtis? Because now she knows that Curtis had a little something, something to do with it. So that's a little friend betrayal that she's dealing with. Like, there's a lot going on with that scenario. And I feel like the thing that makes it harder is Charlotte's involved in all of this. Yeah. So I think that that she's trying to figure out what's going to be the best case scenario that won't hurt Charlotte any more than she's already been hurt. She's got some more hurt coming. That's for sure. <laughs> Uh, folks, we're getting ready to holy cow wrap up here. Do I have a hot news item that I can throw out super fast? Oh yeah, I'll throw out one super hey. fast thing. Possible speculation here is that you know we've wondered like, hey, uh, Liesl, what's her deal? Is she gonna have to leave town? Well, she could stay around now since Valentine gave her the all clear. But you, we've also got Martin Gray. You know, he's, he's staying he's, right. He's sticking around. So, but you know, you, you can't just you know try you know defend clients all the time. <laughs> you need something else to do. Uh, could you ever see a possible Liesl Martin Gray relationship? No, I don't uh, see that. Not but you that. know, never say never. All right, <laughs> all right. That you know that silver fox there with, uh, with the Swiss Miss. No, okay. All right. Well, you that did was not that. Call her the Swiss, Swiss Miss. Miss. That was our hot news item for the week. There, the time has uh, flown by so fast. Folks,
Folks, that's going to do it for this episode of the GH Report here. As always, like us on Facebook, give us those five stars on iTunes, subscribe to the YouTube channel, and thank you all for hopping in the chat. We couldn't do this without your, your thoughts and opinions and hot takes. We enjoy that you uh, take the time out of every Sunday night to come and join us. But if you want to stay in touch with either of us, and really, as I always say, it's Carla you want to follow more than anything because she's got things happening, people. Carla, where can they find you? You can find me across all social media platforms at The Curvy Critic. You can find my written reviews of my film review show at TheCurvyFilmCritic.com. You can find The Curvy Critic with Carla Renata over at Black Hollywood Live right before the GH Report. And on Monday nights, I will be back at AfterBuzz TV doing the panel on Dancing with the Stars After Show. What about Thursday nights? Oh, Thursday night Superstore on NBC. Oh, delightful. <laughs> Folks, follow me on Twitter and Instagram at Happy Go Jackie. That's going to do it for this episode of the GH Report. We'll be back here next Sunday with an all-new episode right here on AfterBuzz TV. Deuces. Our founder, Kevin Undergaro, and me, Maria Menounos, would like to thank you for tuning in to AfterBuzz TV. Remember, we're not just the first, we're the biggest in the world, and we're the only destination for all your favorite TV shows. Whatever you crave, we've got it. So go to AfterBuzzTV.com and check out our lineup. Buzz you later. <laughs> the views expressed herein are those of the host only. Do not necessarily reflect the views of AfterBuzz TV or its owners or principals. 